Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Black Knight Podcast. Presented by me, Michaela Nalen, CEO and founder of Black Knight, and my able-bodied assistant, Jonathan, who hails from the US of A. Hello! So we're recording this today, Friday, 15th of April, which is Good Friday, which is the Friday of the Easter weekend. And before we came on air, Jonathan and I were talking about, about Easter and one of those rather silly cultural differences where Easter, Good Friday here is kind of like a holiday, but it's not really, but it is, but it isn't. And nobody's too sure whether they're coming or they're going because a lot of stuff is open, a lot of stuff is closed. But we all know and agree that Monday is definitely a holiday, except if you're American, because apparently you get you don't get Monday off. And I thought that was very cruel. Yeah, uh, because Easter conveniently falls on a Sunday, it's back to work on Monday. But Easter always falls on a Sunday. It, exactly. So it's not, it's not a real holiday here because it, it's not on a weekday. And then Good Friday in some places will be a holiday. Like today, it's kind of half of a holiday. Like my kids don't have school today. But they'll be in school Monday, and it's I'm I'm lucky. The Irish company I work for is closed Monday because I don't have to come to work. But you know, I mean, I could. I mean, we could probably just force you to work anyway, which would just be cruel and unusual punishment. But I'll just, just you know mildly entertaining. I'll just be shouting into the empty void that is the slack because it's dead on on, on holidays. <laughs> well, true, fair enough. Look, I, I, I there's no point in you doing that. Anyway, so it's been a kind of interesting enough week or two in the wonderful world of technology. Yes, it has. A very surprising week that no one really saw coming. Yeah, so let's talk about a couple of things. So let's talk about a couple of the internal Black Knight-specific things. Let's get them out of the way. And then we'll move on to bigger picture. So we sent out an email in the last couple of days and I wrote a short blog post all about Windows hosting. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bing bong. Ding dong. The OS is dead. The OS is dead. Something like that. Yeah, so this one, it's one of these things I think some people get a little bit confused by. And I mean, I tweeted something about this the other day and one one person who follows me was saying, oh... Strange that you're doing that because, if anything, we're, we find that our Windows hosting is, is more popular than our Linux hosting, which is quite the opposite to our experience. We have a lot, or, or had a lot, of clients who were using Windows hosting simply because it was available, not because they actually used any of the technology. So switching them away from Windows to Linux just made sense. And so quite a few of them have been switching over the last few years. And... To be honest, like, I mean, we haven't even taken a sign, a new sign up for Windows since, well, this time three years ago, back in 2019. So we're killing off the service completely in the next couple of months. We still do plenty of Windows hosting. We still have thousands of servers running Windows, but we're just not offering it in our quote-unquote shared hosting. Did you ever have a Windows hosting account, Jonathan? I've never had a Windows hosting account ever since... I started hosting now 15 years. It's always been Linux-based because that's just the standard now. And, you know, Windows is a very, you know, everyone's familiar with Windows. It's a graphical system. It doesn't really make sense in a server environment because it doesn't use half the features that it has, you know. And it's, you know, Linux is just better because it's designed for the modern web. Well, that's one way of looking at it. Not exactly take out or take it, but okay. 
So in back in about years back, we had things like Microsoft Front Page, which and Front Page Express, and Front Page Express came installed on all PCs. I remember. So, yeah. so the thing is, you could design a website using Front Page Express, and then you would up, upload it to a hosting provider somewhere that supported what were called Front Page Extensions. And the front page extensions were basically like server-side bits of software that did things. So you just put in a little kind of one or two lines of code and then stuff would happen magically. You could put in like web counters and page visit counters of different kinds or include the time or maybe an interactive form or something using, using these various extensions. This was like, you know, <clears throat> accessing programming without actually being able to program. Right. Yeah, I can tell. You're, now, you're a big Windows fan, I can tell. You know, it's uh, it's funny. I'm a Mac household, but my son, he's really into gaming, so he has a PC. And so now we have arguments constantly about how the, he thinks Windows is better than Mac, and I'm just like, no. Well, this what that's one the gaming the gaming side of things, I think, is where... Mac has always fallen flat. I mean, there's that is true. I don't game, so I just don't care. No, no, I'm not disagreeing with you. I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm not a big gamer either. And I remember last back in 2020 when we were kind of heading into lockdown yeah. and all that, I was <laughs> trying to find games I could play on the Mac. And uh, yeah, the, the, the options were a bit limited to say the least. Yeah, you, you and I played quite a few games of Civilization, I remember. Yeah, and the, the other fun thing I found was that um, a lot of stuff was only available for 32-bit. And yeah. I did have a 32-bit old Mac knocking around, but that one's gone. Well, it's not gone. I mean, it's still there, but I, I can't really use it anymore. It's a bit mad. Anyway, moving on, moving on. We've fallen down a, ra a rabbit hole talking about gaming on the Mac and how it's not ideal. Another bit of a Black Knight kerfuffle is... I we mentioned I think on the last podcast about this waiver and everything that I that I can wanted us uh, to agree to. Yes, it gets deeper. It gets deeper, deeper. So I can have formally responded, and their response was to send me slash us to an FAQ on their website where they say that they address the queries. And I suppose the diplomatic way of describing that would be we definitely have a disagreement in terms of. What, what I would see as a response of what they think is a response. So the plot will thicken, I suppose, is the, the best way of putting it. Watch this space. I can't, I cannot in good conscience ask anybody who's working for us, either as an employee or a contractor, to attend an event and agree to a waiver like that. That's just not possible. I can't. I mean, it's not even, a, it's not just a case of signing away your, my own rights I'd be forcing somebody else to sign away their own, their own rights, plus the rights of their heirs, which I find really, really offensive. I find the entire thing is just so ridiculously offensive. Yeah, and, and that makes me, I'm sort of concerned now. I mean, what do you think Namescom will do? Do you think they'll require some kind of waiver, or do you think they just won't care because they're in Texas? I suspect there'll be a waiver of some sort, but I suspect it'll be the kind of normal waiver that you get everywhere, which is along the lines of, COVID is a problem. Don't, don't, you know, take, take proper precautions, you know, comply with the guidelines, blah, blah, blah. Don't try suing us 
because we really haven't got the patience for this. I mean, you know, so just a very kind of st the standard kind of waivers I've seen for a m number of events, which are just basically don't be don't be a dick about it. I mean, it's you know you've got you know COVID COVID is a thing. You know, don't be don't be stupid. I mean, that's it. You know, which is perfectly fine. I have no issue with with a company wanting to protect itself from frivolous claims. I, mean, I totally get that. But there's a massive gap between stopping or dissuading people from making frivolous claims and asking them, or actually not even asking them, demanding that they sign away all their rights. That's, that's a, there's a huge gap between those two. Anyway, let's, let's move on, let's move on. So I think the, the, the topic that we did want to spend a little bit more time on was something well you, you could you could tell us about this something a little uh, something a little spicier well we'd like to talk about twitter and everybody's talking about twitter right now and the reason everyone's talking about twitter is a couple of reasons now twitter has you and i have a long history on twitter i even recently downloaded my twitter archive and found me you and i tweeting back and forth back in like 2008 it, it, it was like internet archaeology why i was nice to you yeah you oh. were you were very nice well that's supposed to, because and, you, uh, you didn't work for me at the time so that's why <laughs> no you're still nice to me please so yeah i've always kind of held twitter at an arm's length but you and I both spend a lot of time on Twitter, and so we're kind of invested in in how Twitter operates and the way they do things. And we are usually very vocal when we don't like something, you know, like... And the big... We'll talk about Musk in a minute, but the big thing is last week is Twitter have been clamoring for an edit button for years, you know, because the only way to edit a tweet is to delete it and redo it, and that's just, you know, that's too much for some people. So users have been debating the edit button, and Twitter announced last week that they are developing an edit button as, as like, you know, they're, they're putting lots of development hours and creating a button that allows you to edit something. And the problem, though, is that with Twitter being an open forum and sort of the public square of the Internet, you know, an edit button is not a is not an easy thing to do. It's actually rather complicated when you start to think about the issues that having an edit button can do. Now, okay, so and... let's stop there for a second. Okay, so but I think the pro the problem here is is that at at a high level, when somebody says, "Look, I need an edit button because I type something quickly on my mobile phone, and the autocorrect makes me look like an idiot, and I've sent that out now to." hundreds if not thousands or potentially even millions of, of people across the globe are now frantically trying to understand what the hell Kalfiv is which I think was one of the more famous Donald Trump to, um, typos from a few years I mean that's probably but be, okay so so allowing people to fix a typo seems perfectly reasonable but what's the problem right. with that? Well and the problem is that what happens when because if you when you develop things through the internet you have to think of the worst case scenario that somebody will do with it because they will of course they will and if it, if you created something to edit a typo well then what's to stop them from adding a word or a word or two or 
or completely changing the meaning of the tweet that's already in the public record. And that's where that's where the sort of the idea of an edit button breaks down is a simple thing becomes complicated very quickly, especially when you have public officials who tweet and their tweets are public record and can't be altered. So, well, that's an American thing, not not a global thing. Yeah. Sorry, under, under US law, everything that comes from your public officials uh, is considered to be, I think it's like, it has to be archived or something. There's, right. It's considered the same as any of their official papers. Well, I don't think yeah. we have anything quite like that. Okay, so, I mean, so the when, so when we look at, say, a forum, like over here, you know, boards.ie, if I, if I post something on boards.ie, or any of these other fora, usually I will have some kind of opportunity to edit it for clarity or to clean up some kind of screw up of my typing. Uh, why is this? Why is Twitter any different? Well, the, the the difference is that on Twitter, misinformation, propaganda, you name it, you can you get misinformation and propaganda on Reddit. Get misinformation and, yeah. pro and, pro and things like that. You get that. You could you get that on boards.ie as well. I'm sure. I haven't looked really, but I'm sure you do. What's the difference? I don't know, Michaela. What is the difference? No, I have. I have lots of reasons. Reasons why I'm trying to get you to tell me what the difference is. The difference is okay. Look at like recent court cases where, like in Britain, someone has made a bad tweet. And like that made a threat towards a public official, and that tweet becomes public record and becomes evidence in a court case. Well, what happens if they edited that tweet? Did that tweet happen? Will Twitter archive the versions of the edited tweet so that it still exists somewhere? Will what is what is their responsibility to the integrity of the the tweet? You know, what is a tweet? What you know. Like, no, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I mean, okay, obviously, I do understand some of the problems with this. I mean, the so I mean, before we kind of get into talking about the edit thing, there was something that Twitter was attempting to to do, which was to make a change. Now, I'm not sure what the rationale was, but they made they were making a change to how tweets, embedded tweets, behaved on websites. Yeah, and it was going to break. And they up. decided. As part of some change that they were making internally, that the tweets that had been deleted would no longer work as in, as embeds, embedded uh, content on third-party websites. But now I hadn't actually realised that that tweets from suspended accounts or entire tweets that actually had been deleted, if you had embedded them before they were deleted, or before the account was deleted was changed or whatever it would still work so they rolled out this change and then a so like lots of websites I mean probably millions uh, lost loads of their content I mean this stuff just kind of vanished yeah and you've got journalism that uses Twitter as a source suddenly part of their source has disappeared like that's you can't break oh it's a, it's it, it's a problem so Look, in tying this back to the edit thing, what one of my friends did last week because he's a, a he likes to, well, he just likes to show these things off, and he's not not he's not wrong. He did as he tweeted something to somebody. They replied, and then what he did is he then photoshopped 
his original, he changed his original tweet in a Photoshop and sent it back so that it'd be something like, do you like coffee? Is the original tweet. And you say, yes, I love coffee. And then you edit the tweet to be something like, are you, are, do you like young children? Or do you like, you know, do you like beating, beating your wife? Do you, you, know, you just change it, you can change it to something quite horrific and quite, I mean, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be anything that horrific, but this is the problem. So the, the thing with this kind of edit issue is that while allowing people to edit the tweet in order to correct a typo or something like that is probably not a bad idea, the devil's in the details. I mean, should you allow somebody to edit a tweet within the first minute after they tweet it, or the first five minutes, or the first ten minutes, or should you, do, or is, or how do you actually, how do you allow them to fix a an orthographic issue, some or a typo or something like that, without allowing them to change the meaning of a tweet substantially? Right. Because it would be wide open to abuse. Of course it would. Yeah, and I think my stance is that an edit button would be nice. But to be honest, having... Look, I've deleted... I've made tweeted mistakes all the time. It happens. And I know I've even done it from... As your your editor, I'm aware. Yeah, even even as on the Black Knight account, it's happened occasionally. But it's not overly onerous to just delete the tweet and, and do it over again. Like, so I don't, you know, yeah, it'd be nice to have an edit button, but it's not like everybody is, everybody's tweet is going into the public record and is important that it can't be deleted and, re- and done, redone. So I, I just, I don't see the need for the edit button. It might be useful for yeah, businesses I mean, to fix errors, but I don't, I don't really see the need. I mean, I can look from my perspective. I can, I mean, I tend to agree with you. I mean, the it would be nice if there was a way to facilitate the correction of the typo type scenario. But you know, the problem is once you once you post something within within the first, if you actually look at the the average lifespan of a tweet, which I think is something that's quite fascinating, and I've you know people like Matt Navarra. And a few of these others who have done lots of experiments, social media and how things interact. You know, there's metrics out there you can look at. You know, if you tweet something, tweets may be, exist forever. I mean, they may not, they may not disappear. But the, and then when you tweet something, it'll pro- if it's going to go viral, it'll probably go viral within the first, you know, 10, 20 minutes or so. And that, that will only last for a certain period of time. After which. It just kind of drops off over time, like the clicks reduce, the retweets reduce, etc., etc. Yeah, and sometimes I, they can come, but sometimes they can come back, which is really well, weird. And like I was just talking about with looking at my old Twitter archive, try and look at your old tweets. It's not easy, you know. It's not easy to do, especially if no, you've tweeted, no. especially after fifteen years and thousands and thousands of tweets. Like you made well, it, the advanced, the advanced, the advanced search but option on the Twitter web interface. Is how I find my own tweets. Yeah, that's another because it's often a case of I know I know I tweeted the link to an article about topic X, but God only knows when it was. So I have to go off and search my own tweets. But the 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 point is that once the thing has gone viral, you know that's so people are retweeting it and sharing it and embedding it and 
doing all these things to it. So, I mean, if, if it once it's done that, I mean, you shouldn't be able to change it. Exactly, because changing it then changes, especially if it materially changes the tweet in a way, all those people that have retweeted it or reshared it, like, it suddenly... They, yeah, you know, it's something different. Yeah, you know, let's say I hate Nazis, and then you change to I love Nazis, and ten million people have retweeted it. Well, it, you know, it, it's just it'll it'll definitely be abused it's, unless they have rules in place to prevent that abuse. But even then, every, every the internet works by people finding loopholes, and people will exploit those loopholes. And if Twitter's not careful, it will cause more problems for them than not having an edit button. Which brings us to Mr. Musk. St. Elon, yes. Well, depending on who you ask. <laughs> I mean, I've seen actually some of the some of the, the quote-unquote hot takes on this entire thing. So let's go back. Let's see what happened. So Elon Musk has been on Twitter for, for years. He's got an insanely high following. I think it's like is it 80 million followers yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy high. It's crazy high. Um, let me just double check, actually. It's his favorite social network. 81.9 million followers. Which is, yeah, crazy. That's the population um, of what? The entire west coast of the U.S.? Plus... Well, it's, I don't care about the US. That is, like, the population of Ireland is about 5 million, just to give you some perspective. So it's more than 10, his, 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 his Twitter following is more than 10 times the population of Ireland. <laughs> wow. Anyway, it's, it's, it's ridiculously high. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, the, so he bought, so, t- so he's the, what is he? Is he? He's the richest man in the world at the moment. Well, him and him and Jeff Bezos switch back and forth a lot, depending on, you know, who's performing better at any given time. But yeah, he's he's the richest man in the world who has ambitions for rocket the electric economy. Why the hell does he want to waste time with Twitter? You know, he's got more important things to do. It, it's. So, but what I think what's really happened is he had to sell a lot of Tesla stock uh, recently, and he needs somewhere to put the money. So he, he's like, oh, I'll just put it in Twitter. And then, but then the investment in Twitter I could understand, but then then he, there, he tried to get on the board, and then the board was like, well, no, we don't actually want you on the board. No, that's, I, that's not what, I don't think that's what happened at all. What happened? So he bought, he bought over nine percent of Twitter's shares. Right. I mean, bear in mind, it's a, pub- it's, bear in mind, it's a publicly traded company, so anybody who wants to can buy shares. I saw some of the other hot takes about people going, I mean, how could they let this happen? It's like, it's a publicly traded company. Yeah. So people can buy shares in a publicly traded company, you know, get over it. Whether you, whether I mean, sure, we can think that him buying Twitter is a bad thing, or a good thing, or whatever, and that's fine, but don't kind of make out that it's some big, big black helicopter type scenario. I mean, it's a publicly traded company. All he did was just buy, it was instruct somebody to buy buy a load of shares for him. So with a, with a holding that, that big, 
he him having a having a seat on the board is not particularly strange. I mean, as the single largest shareholder, right? He that he just he was meant to be going onto the Twitter board, but then he said that he wouldn't go on the Twitter board, which immediately triggered some people to think that there was a reason for that. Because if you were going to go on the Twitter board, he was going to be limited in the, in the percentage of the company that he could actually own. Right. Where so by, by saying, no, actually, I'm not going to go on the board, that removed that restriction. So that was immediately triggered speculation that he was going to go for an aggressive takeover move, which... Uh, was announced yesterday yeah where he made an offer to buy the entire company in a hostile bid offering 54 dollars 20 per share which brings the valuation of the entire company to 43 billion dollars which is a lot of money yeah and yeah it's it's a mind-boggling amount of money, and I'm skeptical that Twitter is even worth that much. You know, it's only marginally profitable, and it has a big impact on discourse and the media. But I mean, it's it's not Facebook, and it's not Instagram, and it's not you know the TikTok. It's Twitter. You know. Yeah, but I mean the, the so the thing is, okay. So at the moment, publicly traded company listed listed on. On the, on the stock exchange, all that kind of thing. <clears throat> Musk wants to take it private. Yeah, and I could, and I, under, I understand why. I mean, his stance with Tesla is that the shareholders are an inconvenience, which is why he won't he won't take SpaceX public. He wants he doesn't want to have to answer to anybody for his Martian plans, you know. So he's. There's a there is a benefit for him to having it private, and I'm not. I just don't know if Twitter being in his own personal private hands is the best thing for Twitter. Yeah, I mean the the problem, I suppose, that you know some people would say is that you know he he publicly states at times that he's a big advocate for free speech, American style free speech. American style free speech, but which also tends to mean as well that he's he wants people, including himself, to be able to say whatever the hell they want, as long, of course, as it's positive about him. I mean, he does he does take serious issue with people who criticize him. Yes, he's not exactly the most what's the word we're looking for. He doesn't like it. He doesn't he doesn't really like his critics. No, no. So, I mean, I, I read an interesting piece uh, in The Guardian a couple of days back where somebody was talking about about Musk, you know, how he, this this thing about him saying that he's in favour of free speech and it goes into an entire thing about, you know, what that actually means and whether it's actually true or not and, you know, based on past experience and everything else. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just find the entire thing with musk this to be just very very strange yeah he's, it's it's so not what he has said many many times are his goals right now playing around with right. the social network is not in his plans of the last 20 years and while he does like twitter i just yeah i i, 
I wonder what the real play is here. And my concern, and which is echoed by a lot of other people on Twitter, is that yeah, he wants to make it this bastion of free speech, which it already kind of is, but that they will take a less hard line on banning people and whatnot, and that they could conceivably let Donald Trump back on, which would be terrible. Yeah. You know, and I, I like, you know, Twitter has, Twitter, it took a long time for Twitter to have a backbone with these public figures spewing their, their bullshit. And I think that I'd hate to see them backslide under Musk's leadership and, I'd hate to to go into the 2024 presidential election cycle with Donald Trump back on Twitter if he's going to run. And even if he doesn't run, it'll still be damaging to the whole election. And I, I just I don't oh, think yeah. that. No, yeah. the The concern is how would Musk's stamp change Twitter in a negative way, and I don't I don't really see very many positives other than that there's less of a focus on profitability and more of on a long a long-term game and I, I i don't know i just the whole thing like you said the whole thing is strange i don't i don't know why he would want to do this it's not like he doesn't have 43 billion dollars on hand so he has to mm-hmm. he's gonna have to sell holdings and other things to get the money or get loans and i don't that's not it's not what he has said many times he wants to deal with he wants to get to mars and get everyone to buy an electric car. I don't get everyone to play on Twitter. It doesn't seem just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, look, ultimately I mean, what will be, will be, but the, the problem is that if with him, I mean, this is the, the piece, which we can share in the show notes I and mean, the title of the piece that I was reading, I, I think sums it up nicely. Elon Musk's vision for the internet is dangerous nonsense. <laughs> and it, you know, they found just because somebody is rich and successful and all that does not mean that they are the best person to be putting to be given control over the town square. I mean, I look at successful business people while I can look up to and respect some of their achievements and I'm glad that they've done some of the things that they've done. And you know, I'm probably not glad they've done all the things that they've done. I wouldn't want them in charge of things like certain things because their the way that they would run them would not be would be beneficial only to them, not not to the broader public. Yeah, I mean, um, let, let's do a thought exercise here. What? How would the discourse be different if Jeff Bezos tried to buy Twitter, or let's say someone who's disinterested in technology like Warren Buffett? tried to buy Twitter. How would the... Well, see, like, Warren, like Warren Buffett, I mean, Warren Buffett, perfectly good example. Warren Buffett tries Twitter, nobody cares. Because, I mean, if anything, he would he would probably force it to be more profitable than it currently is. I mean, maybe he'd shut down certain services. I don't know. But I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not going to be getting involved in the day-to-day running of a company. That's not, no, he, that's not going he, to be his style. He's yeah. He's and even his man, managerials probably wouldn't get too involved. That that's not. They come in, they put their stamp on it, and they have a very hands-off approach to managing as long no, as I mean, they continue to make money. But, and they, you know, they, they, for them, it's just it's a pure. It's just an investment. Yeah. 
you know, that's that's what the, the way they approach it. Whereas Musk, ha- Musk would have a Musk, but has a reason he wants to do it, which makes it dangerous, quite disturbing. Yeah, it's not just I see this asset; it's valuable. I want to invest in it so I can make money off it. It's like, well, that's neither here or nor there. Or wasn't him. he talking about setting up his own? social media network recently you know i don't i don't know i don't remember no i mean the thing i was kind of half thinking about as well was that you know let's say and i read somewhere and i can't remember where it was something about how musk could just go off and set up his own social network if, if his takeover bid for for twitter fails yeah and i was thinking like yeah it's working great for trump and gab and all the other sh- dog shit you know social networks well the way I was looking at it is that, you know, okay, he, he has 81 million followers. So if he was to set up something, then maybe a percentage of the hardcore... Yeah. Um, hardcore fo- hardcore fans might follow him. But... That's not, a, that's not enough to build a self-sustaining social network. And No, that's, and that's I think, is the, pro- the problem he's going to face. Because... You know, there's if you look at like say, inst, you know, messaging apps. Every time there's some kind of kerfuffle about you know Facebook Meta and what they're doing with data, people sign up for for WhatsApp for uh, get worried about WhatsApp and start signing up for Signal and various other things. And I see all these new users landing onto those apps, but they don't stay around. No, because that's not where people are and. It's very, very difficult. I mean, you, you go on the App Store, there are at least 20 Instagram clones, but none of them yeah. have hit critical mass and no one uses them because Instagram is where the audience is at. Facebook is where the audience is at. Like Twitter is where is, is a much smaller force, but that's where people who don't want to be on those networks hang out. And so there's not really... Yeah, you could create your own social network for sycophants, but it's not a sustainable business model. No, I mean you could set. Look, I mean, you don't have to spend a lot of money on this. No, you could. You can buy. You can download the code from for Mastodon yeah, which, and set up your own Mastodon instance. A cheap enough VPS from a company such as ourselves. Yeah, you could have it up in an afternoon. Yeah, you could have it up in an afternoon, and but no one's going to use it. So you know. No. No. It's no. I mean, I've seen. I mean, Mastodon is an interesting one because the idea of this kind of decentralized type thing, and there's a kind of a federated, federated aspect to it. And but that's only I think that's, there's a small subset of people who are using it actively. But yeah, that's that's only ever going to appeal to to tech nerds like us. And no, well, I'm sorry, you do not get to include me in that group because. I haven't got the patience for dealing with that. Yeah, that's the thing is I've actually looked into into Mastodon and there's a they have there's a there's a federated Mastodon thing for images that is like an Instagram clone. I forget the name the name escapes me, but you look into these and you're like, "Oh, well, I could run my own instance and then I could just build my own fan base on this instance." But then you look into actually installing this stuff, getting it to run, and it's actually extremely difficult and it's not and then getting people to sign up for it and to care about the idea of a federated, distributed social network. People don't care. They just want to use Facebook. And until somebody comes along and makes a better Facebook, you know, I don't, I don't see these, these, uh, these I mean, smaller look, things hitting critical mass. I mean, the, you know, the thing is, every time I tweeted something about the, 
Musk and Twitter and you know, I got a couple of responses from people that I've been interacting with on various mailing lists and social networks going back the better part of 20 years. And, you know, they're referencing long defunct social networks that we all thought at the time were going to be the place to do things, the place to, to build out communities, the place to to spend time, energy and effort. And... You know, they and most of them they they flared up. They were brilliant that for for a short period of time, and then they just faded went away. Out. I mean, they were just gone. Well, and when you look at the history of stuff like first MySpace and then Twitter and then Facebook, a lot of them they the way they are now is not the way they started. It's, yeah. Especially in the example of Twitter, Twitter was like an accident. It was like a side project. You know of uh, another startup and same thing with blogger it was like an accident it, like these things they don't really necessarily start they don't they don't become the thing they intended them to be when they were created they become something else once people use them and there I don't really see how that can happen again when you have such monolithic networks now yeah. it's just, I, I just don't see anybody starting anything from scratch and, and it being a success i mean there is a there's a graveyard of of right-wing social networks already and it's just well it's not just and that's that's not like clear I mean, it's not just the right-wing ones i mean there's there's plenty like there's lots and lots of social networks that are for 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 niches and they can survive in the sense that they could be potentially big enough to be self-sustaining but not big enough to to have that kind of global reach and impact. Yeah, and maybe that's and maybe that's fine. But you know the thing is, I mean, I mean, like we've seen the rise and fall. I mean, here in Ireland, Bebo was massive at at one point. It was absolutely huge. Everybody was on Bebo. Nowadays, like nobody in Bebo is just something people kind of go, oh yeah, I remember that. You know, it's long gone. I think it's changed owner, owners several times since. I think since it's its peak. I think it's back in the hands of the original founder now. Quite possibly, but we, you know, the thing is, is that it, it was what it was, and you know, it, it 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 like everything else, it was popular for a while, and now it's not. Anyway, look, you know, it's we'll see what happens over the over the coming days and weeks if this thing with Musk goes ahead. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, I, I, I don't know how how he'll react really. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he'll succeed in his bid. I think he's going to make a lot of noise, but I don't think I think Twitter is going to be like we're worth more than this, and he's just going to walk. But you know, you can't you can't underestimate how bad a rich man wants something. You know, he's uh, he's building rocket ships to Mars. I mean, he's a very determined person. Yeah, I mean, look, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, the you know, you see, people have ideas from time to time, and sometimes they put a lot of energy and effort into them, and we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I just think that from like from my own personal perspective, I'm curious to see where this ends, and if nothing really changes, well, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I is that's that's where I am at it. I don't really care whose billionaire plaything Twitter is, as long as Twitter doesn't really material change because of it. 
Yep. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I am at it, you know. And yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll pick this up again. I'm sure. Okay. So. So thanks for joining us yet again. We'll be we'll be back again in a couple of weeks' time, probably. After, Hopefully, after your so. holidays. Shh! Don't jinx them. We're not talk. We'll talk about them if they after the fact. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye. Goodbye. <laughs>